We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger, and to my left, Mr. Nathan P. Geary. Hello. What does the P stand for? <laughs> Prostate checker. All right. Well, the Mr. Nathan P. Geary of WGR 550 and Buffalo Rumblings fame, he's here in studio with us to talk about Bill's training camp. Mm. And can we confirm the first piece of training camp news? What's As that? What you guys heard in the last show. Oh, we've got a jumping off point. Cliffhanger to be continued. Saturday the 30th should work. Ah. So that's the day. That is the day. Nate Geary is going to take a snap. And hold perfectly for a, hold for a Tyler Bass field goal. Perfectly hold. It should. We should just do standard extra point. Now, yeah, I would urge all of our listeners who are going to be there on the thirtieth. I need you to make signs for this. Okay, at the end of the show, Nate and I are going to run down. We're just going to make this a friendly competition. Just, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but we're going to make it a friendly competition. It's all about left fingers down, right hand up. Boom! I'm ready to go. I'm. I'm I'm as sharp as ever. Uh, sharp as ever. Are you going to be there at 30th? Dot, I, as of right now, I will not be. But now that I know this is happening, I think I'm going to have to be. Yeah, I would agree. I think you should probably be there. Oh, I think it's going to have to happen, Chris. Yeah, I'm not going to be there. Um, Nate, I w- went to Kansas. You're drinking some of my bourbon I brought from yeah, Kansas. Yeah, it's fantastic. Blue Note. I think it's Blue mm-hmm. Note Whiskey. Yeah. 121 and a half proof. What? It's, it's got some... Bu- yeah, it's 60 point something percent alcohol. Yeah. Holy crap. Here I am sipping on the... Uh, what was the 90? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm over here <laughs> sipping on the uh, the low proof stuff. You know, I stuck with the what... Uh, what was that... Uh, 
Sherry Cask. The West was it the Kansas City West Bottom? Yeah, yeah. Brewing. I think that's ninety ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. I feel like a sissy now. You should a little bit. Jesus, you do you. You you have softened up since your second child, so <laughs> I mean you're not nearly as mean on Twitter to people anymore. Um, you know, yeah. I think you're showing up to public events. Like I, I don't, I'm like, I'm like this new Drew. Should we? Is, is there a longer name? Like is your, is Drew short for something? Andrew. Is it Andrew? Andrew? Oh, I guess God. we're just going to start having to call Andrew. Him Andrew. I, I think I knew that yeah. uh, usually Drew is short for Andrew, but I That's wanted to it. make sure it wasn't something weird. No, when we when something Drew German. gets soft, we just call him Andrew. Oh, yeah, God. Andrew. You know, also at some point during the show, you're going to have to hook Nate up with a Montucky Colts neck because I don't oh, think you. I don't think you've ever had a. I've Montucky. never. I've never done that, but I, I think that we might have to like something has to change about Drew now that he's transitioning to Andrew. I think like he's got to get like those, like. Coke bottle glasses? Yeah, like something where where it's like the bifocals where you can very clearly see the two, like the, the magnifying glasses in his eyes. Oh, oh yeah, I'm with you on that. That, sound, Andrew. that sounds reasonable. Andrew Gear. What about, what about, uh, what about also uh, like the, the hooks or whatever so that he can wear them around his neck? Oh yeah! Oh, his glasses. Yeah, the yeah. The, the glasses hook or yeah. the the string the, that you hook to the end. Yeah, like a lanyard. Pocket. Yeah, I think I think it's lanyard. Lanyard. Yeah, I think it's lanyard. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. Getting oh, oh Chris, I'm man, dr- Andrew. Oh, we're gonna, gonna be a fu- grandfather before he knows it. Yeah. You know what? Now that I think about it, I'm a yeah. little. Uh, you guys are gonna for it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games until I drink enough whiskey that I turn into El Muchacho y Guapo y Gordo. The man who was handsome and fat. I take my shirt off. I put on a speedo, and I reign terror do on you, this podcast. Do you eat lots of hot wings? I was there when you did that. I do, yeah. do it. I do it. I do You're it all. The shirt. I do it all. I know. You're wearing I'm, the shirt. I'm right now wearing the shirt. The night that oh yeah, you brought there. you helped broadcast. I did help yeah. broadcast. Yeah, I was. I was like. Um, you, you were the color. You were like the MC. Yeah, a little bit. I was like you Pepper. MC'd and, uh, it. Yeah. You MC'd it. Zach ball. helped add. He added commentary. Chris yeah. broadcasted it. Guys, you guys are a team. We are a team. That's yeah. true. This is great. I love the two of you. You know what else I just made me realize? I should be a little bit mad. What? Do you know what today is? What? It's July 21st. What's July 21st? Well, I don't know if you know what's on Monday. I, oh, it's uh, is it the anniversary already? It's the Senate vote for. You guys are both very close. Master. Very close. I'm going to be 38 on Monday. Oh, oh, so it's so it's you getting fucking old, or a bottle of liquor? Yes, yes. That's you also standard. getting a bottle of liquor that is you the show standard. up to my house with no liquor. For me, for turning thirty-eight, because it's not your birthday yet. That's true. But we always do it the the, the show before. I trust me. You owe last me. Time, last you owe me whatever you think you're. Whatever you are gonna get me, plus a bottle of Philadelphia to offset. <laughs> plus a bottle of Philadelphia. As a penalty, I will give you some Philly. My only question is, what are you gonna do with it? Well, I'm going to bring it to tailgates and Mark will drink it. <laughs> Mark will drink, drink it. it. Mark will incur liver damage drinking that swill. He'll bring he'll bring the Arby's and then he'll throw that down with the Arby's. <sighs> <laughs> so we're here talking training camp. And honestly, like training camp, Chris, we kind of we've alluded to it over the last couple of shows. We used to do all kinds of in-depth shit when it came to the Buffalo Bills. And then what we found is that when it kind of came down to it 
this season, like the only thing that made those storylines work and those podcasts work mm-hmm. is that the team still had questions. The team was bad. You were looking for reasons for hope. Like, let's talk about this position group and let's try to talk ourselves into feeling good about let's it. Let's talk about how Larry Centers is the best player on the team and he's a fullback. Yes. Like, yeah. let's <laughs> let's talk about how, hey, let's do a whole podcast on, this happened, on uh, Force Lamp versus Cody Ford. Oh, yeah. Last week, Kyle Trimble was over here, and he had to drink his Seagram's. Yeah. Because he said DeForest Lamp was going to win that. Yeah, from last year. Forest Lamp. I'm sorry, not DeForest Lamp, right? It's yeah. Forest Forest. <laughs> it's just Forest. Forest Lamp was going to win that job, which he put that up over a year, almost a year ago. Yeah. Wow. So, so he, we finally paid it off. Damn, Kyle. And what's crazy to me, though, is that like, we Do- used to think that those battles meant something. Now we're here in this space where the team is so good. That Von you, Miller. You yeah. look at it and go, is that really worth talking about? Do I want to hash apart our guard group knowing that, I mean, I'll leave it to somebody. I'm sure there's somebody out there producing content who wants to do that. But, Nate, I'm lazy. I don't know about you. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's not Friday. It doesn't sound like Friday. It's not Friday. So is, that the th- so is that a radio thing? Like, you save some of this shit for Friday, you're like, that's a Friday conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, mail Friday. it in Friday. You got to mail it in, and plus, you know, you got to make sure you got good content in the beginning so you can record it and play it back for the later portion, so when you go home early. Yeah, of course. Drew, do oh, we- see? Spilling the tea on the radio. Whoa. Drew, do we have a Seagram's in the fridge? We do. Okay, Nate has to drink one because on the board here, you still haven't drank one for from getting a touchdown pass. <laughs> no, I did. At the old apartment, I did. You sure? Yeah. Oh. 100%. We'll, well leave it up I to hey, do you Tweet want, us do you, at RockPile Report. You also, remember him doing it. You also it. want to continue your, uh, you have five left for a Baker MVP. This was from like two years ago. Uh, you put a six so, pack on it. So, oh, I put a six pack on it that he was yeah. going to win MVP. Or yeah, finish did. second. How crazy is okay? So, so you he's being got the, time. You being the prog- okay. <laughs> you being the prognosticator of football that you are. Are you done betting on the Browns? Are you done? Am I done betting on the Browns? Well, or am I you, done betting on Baker Mayfield? These are uh, two no, 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 no. Are you done betting on the Browns? Because every time you make a Seagram's bet with us that involves their franchise, uh, they would make the playoffs before Buffalo. That Deshaun Kaiser was a better quarter, but that he was a great quarterback. That uh, what's the bet? No, no. I guess my question what's is: the bet? At what point do you stop? What's the bet? Do you? And I'll tell you if I would if I'll take it or not. <laughs> no, no. And I guess that's my question. Like at some point, when I say the words, like, "Will you bet on Cleveland?" Do you just want to keep getting back in? Are you a junkie bet? for betting on Cleveland? What's the bet? <laughs> I gotta know. I mean, I, what am I supposed to say no to something? I don't, I don't know even what I'm have saying no one to. In hand. I'm just asking. Well, you let me know. You you find it. Oh, you you see, think of a good not, one, Chris. He's I'm like not the, gonna say no. I, I might not say no. I he's he's I, like that guy who keeps going to the track and just keeps betting on the same losing horse, thinking that someday he'll be right. I love it. Yeah, I can't even think of. Any type of bet that we could put on the Browns, like outside of like an over under win total for the season, which should be low. which is wild because yeah. there's no way. I think Vegas doesn't even offer it right now. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know about because no one knows who their quarterback is. So here's what I'll say, Nick. It's only because the I, I'm so confident because of Jacoby Brissett. And <laughs> if you guys watched him last year, or Josh Dolphins. Rosen, yeah, right, Rosen. Our, te- our team is so good that there's like we used to make podcast fodder out of digging into the minutia of this football team and now we've all just kind of come to this place where we realize our team is fucking good 
Our roster is solid mm-hmm. and it's deep. And we don't need to dissect every part of it because if you do, no one's listening anyway because they all feel good already. They don't need my podcast to make them feel better about it. So instead, we come here talking about stories and storylines mm-hmm. and lines of thinking that we go into training camp with. The first thing I want to talk about is rookies and their learning curve and what we can expect from them. And it starts with Kyrie Elam. Now, I'm about to text you something. And I want you to take a look at it while I kind of lay this prepare out. me. I know. I know because I watched it because I, I, I intentionally did that. You'll see why. So after talking last week with Kyle Trimble of an AFC injury primer, it sounds like there's a good chance the Bills might be able to take advantage of the NFL's latest tweaks to the IR and the PUP list, which gives Trey White more time to rest up, but leaving them enhanced ability to bring him back prior to matchups with the pass-heavy portion of their schedule, at least out of the gate, like KC and Green Bay in late October. So given that, the question becomes just how quickly do we need Kyer Elam? Everyone keeps talking about, oh, his development's a storyline of camp. How quickly do we actually need him to develop as an upper echelon cornerback in the division? Now, I just sent you a screenshot that's basically laying out what's happened to every late-round cornerback drafted over the last handful of years, predating Trey White and then afterwards. When you take a look at that, what does history tell us, Nate, about defensive backs who are drafted in the back half of the first round historically, in the same range where Elam was. It doesn't go well, does it? Unless you're drafted by Brandon Bean. Unless you're Brandon Bean's pick, it doesn't go well. Now, folks, for you asking what I sent him, it was basically a screenshot of our show notes from a couple weeks ago where I ran down guys like, uh, what is this, uh, Artie Burns, (laughs) Uh, Gary and Conley. Who is the corner Trey White's, uh, who is the corner opposite Trey White, Trey White's rookie season? Oh, Jesus. Kevin Johnson? No. No. Sharice uh, Wright was on the field. EJ Gaines was on the field. I know both of those names. Sharice Wright and EJ Was that Gaines. his rookie year, though? Yes, that was his rookie season because they had just traded away this Sammy what, Watkins to the Rams 2017. for EJ Gaines in a second-round pick. I'm giving it a goo. God, I fucking love this. EJ Gaines in a second-round pick came back from the Rams. Defensive starters. And Sharice Wright. EJ Gaines. Yeah. EJ Gaines. That's what I'm talking about. So that goes to show you. So just just for context, right? Tredavious White didn't have the greatest start to his rookie season, but he ended up playing pretty darn well. Um, He had EJ Gaines playing on the other side of them. (laughs) When Kyrie Elam walks on the field, whether it's week one or by week three, four, five, whenever Tredavious White's on the field, He's going to have an all-pro corner on the other side of him a little bit and and two of the best corners or two of the best safety tandem, the best safety tandem in, in the NFL behind him. I think that's a it's a little bit better of a situation to walk into than Trey White did. Sure. I guess my thing is when you look at historically, guys who have been drafted in that range tend to bust. And I've and I've yeah, I've asked the question why I have a theory. I think the cornerbacks taken at the end of the first round, right? All your surefire they have the measurables and the tape. Mm-hmm. They're already gone. Teams, the sauce gardeners of the world. Chantrell Henderson. <laughs> yeah, Chantrell Henderson. What a throw. That's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's a deep cut. I have a theory. Guys like Gary and Conley and DeAndre Baker kind of make this point for me. They fit one or two molds. 
guys like Baker, who people believe they have good technique. He's, yeah. he's got NCAA pedigree. He's an award winner. Like uh, in a DeAndre Baker won best DB in in college football. That was the award he won coming out of school. In a bad defensive back class, he was the first cornerback taken at pick number 30. Mm-hmm. The next guy was Rocky Asin, who was taken at 34. And outside of those two, there's not a single one taken in the top 60 who's made a name for themselves. But they had good they good technique. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have the measurables. But everyone goes, well, tape don't lie. Then you've got the guys like Conley who have all the measurables and none of the tape. Yeah. Those that seems to be what happens in the first round. This guy's an elite athlete, and he blah blah. You could do this, blah blah blah. You're just good enough to be taken in the first round, but it's a dice roll, correct? Yeah. Listen, I mean, any any pick after like seventeen or eighteen is you could be a, the eighteenth pick. You could be the thirty eighth pick. A lot of times, you know, like that's just kind of how that part of the draft works, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, like. My my the, I love revisionist theories, right? I, I yes. love thinking about like things you would have done. Would they have taken Trent McDuffie if he was there for them, and and the Chiefs didn't trade up in front of him, or was it Kyrie Lin the whole time? Yeah, no it's one kind, knows. It's kind of like the 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 question about you know like with like Josh Allen, you know, if if Sam Darnold was available or Baker Mayfield was available before Josh Allen, or you know, and Josh Allen was selected, who, who would they have taken? If we knew. If the public saw that video of Indiana in Indianapolis with Kyrie Elam going, why well, take the best notes? Yeah, you see Beans and McDermott. McDermott almost couldn't hold back. Yeah, you see their face. Boner alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the group of people, group of kids that uh, open the fridge and see the grape stuff behind the it's sunny It's like Chris's deep. dogs upstairs when they saw those those chairs up there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Just folks, went to town. I love that Chris, just, Chris bought new chairs with his with his landlord. and With his landlord. No, that's her moniker on the show, and until yeah. he stops saying it, I'm not going to stop. So his landlord, and they got together, they bought some new chairs. Really nice chairs. She paid were, for them 100%. Very nice chairs. So why did you say we, we got them? Yeah, you said we. Well, I you said, said we earlier. You yeah. used... You, very, now very clearly. It, this is what I love about Chris. Now that the chairs got destroyed well, by a dog, it, he now they're hers. That's, no, no. that's the same thing like when you have kids and you're like, well, my wife goes, your son did this. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, now he's my kid because yeah. he's a scumbag. Right. All right, well, right. all right, that's fair. Can, well, how about we as in I had to put them together? Sure. That's it, still... No? That doesn't that no, doesn't that help. doesn't warrant. No, no. Yeah, no, no. no. They put a giant hole in this in this new chair, which is probably the same diameter as like a rocks glass. Is <laughs> the size of the so hole. Really went to town. <laughs> yeah, the same with the same way McDermott went to town. Just thinking about what he's going to do with Kyrie Elam and his so, defense. Well, and that's also it. where the chairs are. You went upstairs to the bathroom, which is right across yeah. from the basement. And you came back down like nothing had happened. You said that the, you saw the dogs doing something, and you came back downstairs and decided to punt like Matt Ariza into the sun. Mm. The idea of like, oh, I should tell Chris that his dogs just ripped a fucking hole in their new chairs that they've had for a week. I get paid to do a podcast. I don't get paid, right. to, I don't get paid to tattle on dogs. That's not my job. Not his job. It's like, hey, do you see a sign on my door? 
that says, uh, I, I tattle on dogs. Yeah, because tattling on dogs ain't my business. Does it say dog diddler? No, it doesn't. It doesn't say dog diddler. Diddling dogs. Anyways, so I think fans might be setting themselves up for failure, though, if they're thinking that Kyrie Elam's the next Trey White, even though he's got one hell of a DB coach in Sean McDermott. Like, Sean McDermott has coached up some good, every, good most DBs that, that come across his path. Uh, I'm sorry, what position did Leslie Frazier play in the NFL? He played, uh, I believe it was uh, corner. Corner. And uh, Sean okay. McDermott played, uh, I don't know, safety. safety. So it makes sense that our secondary rules. But Trey White wasn't a standout every week. I mean, he got, well, what, that game, I'll never forget the game against A.J. Green. God. A.J. Oh, Green yeah. gave him his welcome to the NFL moment where he just and, was good at the time. And 131 yards and a touchdown while Trey White was in his coverage. Was that the game that the Buffalo News featured Lorenzo Alexander absolutely smoking A.J. Green in the middle of the field? Do you remember that yes. play? Yes. Was that, was that the game? Yeah. I think I'll, it was I'll the game. I'll pull it up. Oh, we only lost 16-20? to 20. Yes. It was a four-point game. Yes, and, and Trey Tyrod, White and gave Tyrod. up. Trey, Trey White gave up the most pivotal plays. Seven, right there, first one, 77-yard touchdown pass. What what did Tyrod do in this game for the haters? Oh, look at that, 166 yards. On 37 <laughs> attempts, yeah. I don't want to get on a Tyrod rant, no, but no, I no. will. But I, He's like, I will. I will. It's waiting. It's, he's yeah. like an alligator. AJ, the Tyrod rant is just so below the you surface. Say that. You, know, you, know, you guys know what my nickname is in my, at my full-time job? What's that? Gator. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I don't even want to know. Do you know that? Man, listen, God, listen neckbeard. I <laughs> yeah, oh, bad. I just want to. Yeah, it's bad. It's terrible. I just I haven't really been into shaving lately, and I have no standards, and <laughs> I hit myself. So, and we're getting close to training camp. My life's almost over. So let me have something. Fine. Would Keep you people let me have something? But wouldn't you agree with me? Now I've heard some horse shit. Like, strength of schedule. People going, oh my god, the Bills have the hardest strength of schedule this to year? start the season. Yeah, who gives a fuck? I, I, listen, I don't want to hear any of this bullshit. The schedule stacks up favorably for Kyrie Elam, specifically. And I'm going to outline why. I mean, I heard some dickhead calling to your radio show, or not your radio show, but you, the radio station. Couldn't have been mine. You, I remember all of my the radio, fantastic fans. The radio callers. show that you represent, the radio station that you represent, someone called in in the afternoon and started going, well, uh, the schedule out of the gate, it says here in this magazine that I bought for $5 that the Bills have this. And I, I again, it's one of those moments where I want to sink my teeth into my steering wheel. And I just don't. I just turn the radio off. Using the previous season's record to predict future success, it's dumb, right? It's Or at least flawed. Let's call it flawed. I wouldn't use it as the sole indicator of why a team's good. I, w- I might refer no. to the fact that L.A. just won the Super Bowl, so sure. they'll probably be good still. They will probably be good. So that first week, yeah, that's that, that's the pressure cooker. It's going to be rough. But when it comes to his NFL acclimation, I like to look at the numbers and just look at how teams have tried and in some cases failed to address their needs in regards to their passing attack and how that's going to affect, like, everyone on the upcoming schedule. So I went down the thing. I said, the Rams, they finished the they finished 10th last season in pass attempts per game. Beyond that... I like Allen Robinson, though. Yeah, but listen... Oh, of course, they're going to ball. Listen, that game, is a, that game is a fist fight. The Bills have to be ready week one. 
Yeah. Because that's a that's actually like a test out of the gate, isn't it? Oh, for sure. For sure. If you get past them, everybody else is more run-oriented than even they want to think that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other team finishing in the top 10 for pass attempts was Baltimore at number 9. But their quarterback finished uh, 11th in the NFL for yards per attempt. They only like throwing <laughs> to tight ends. Well, that's yeah. my point. Well, they drafted 15 of them, so now they really can throw to all of them. Matt Stafford finished third in mm-hmm. the NFL. So it shows you, like, hey, he threw. <sighs> He's in the top 10, but his efficiency's way below what we can expect from a really high-powered passing attack. They did lose to Big Ben in week one last year. And then yeah. behind them, I know. Who? But then you go Made back. Andrew Gear look like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like he could bench 225 still. Uh, Tua, Tannehill, and Big Ben all but, finished you know, 20th or worse in yards you're, per So attempt. you're not a Tua fan? Oh, uh, wait. Only in college. His college ball was great. Yeah, now he has... Well, he doesn't. Hip. Well, he doesn't have the uh, NFL's. He doesn't have the league's best offensive line blocking. <laughs> yeah, and he's also not facing you know defensive backs that are selling term life insurance. <laughs> That's right. Working with you as a financial. Guy, a financial, a guy, guy that that cooks books like that. That's that. That's what the guys that were at Youngstown <laughs> State and <laughs> the Citadel Mercer. When you know, they, like no just, offense, guys. But. When they would bring in the Citadel just to crucify him before they right. played Auburn. Oh man, Vanderbilt though they are known to have incredible, incredible talent. The thing I look at is that every one of our first five opponents outside of Miami, Miami's the only one that upgraded their passing yeah. attack. Everybody else took a back step. Los Angeles won't have OBJ, even if he re-signed today. Yeah. Like, he, they won't have him. Allen Robinson is a nice piece, though, yes, he and is. he's going to... It's going to be hard to corral him and Cooper Cup at the same time. And Van Jefferson could be the key there, because he's that third one that if he really has a breakout, I that, that's a three-headed monster that your secondary just isn't... Yeah. There aren't many secondaries. Those are going to have to score them. some points in that game. You have to light their defense up. Von Miller's got to have a ball game So against his old team. Baltimore lost his franchise's only 1,000-yard receiver in the last five years yep. and found zero replacement. Devin Duvernay, man. Devin Duvernay Watch is going to be the savior of this. Watch time. out, people. The Titans divested James themselves. James Prochet. Of, the Titans chose to divest themselves of AJ that was Brown. Weird. That was a weird move by them. It was one of the cra- – Chris – during the draft, weren't you shocked when they traded away AJ Brown? Yeah, especially yeah. after like the general manager like had some like weird thing where he was on air crying about how hard it was in the playoffs, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to cry and talk about how much I care, but also I'm going to trade my best player. <laughs> I'm going to trade away because my best he's offensive too weapon, and he wants too much money." Yeah, yeah. Well, they to me they just went all like, "Hey, all, we're all in on the running game. We're going to get well, this is it. We're going to get rid of AJ Brown." And then we're also going to trade for Bob Woods, who's fantastic at run blocking. And we're just going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. And you'll expect Tannehill to throw the ball no more than 15 times in a game. So they got rid of all their playmakers, just brought in run blockers. And now a slow guy with fucking asthma is the savior of their passing. Listen, I drafted him in Dynasty. He better not be slow with asthma. He better do something. (laughs) They have no pass, they have no vertical passing game. So the NFL's most one-dimensional offense just got more one-dimensional. Yeah. And Pittsburgh doesn't even know if they have a top 10 quarterback in the roster. Well, top 15? They, 
top top. I like Mitch. He, Eighteen. They don't know if he's a and, and Pickett. Pickett's got smaller hands than Chris. And their wide receiver yeah, core and is size. got little what, tiny hands hey, like Chris. Hey, Notre Dame, Notre Dame guy over here. What's up, Chase Claypool? Yeah, what about him? Says he's he says he's a top three wide receiver. Who who you gonna tell him he's wrong? Yeah. Why don't you go and why don't you go tell Chase Claypool to his face he's wrong? I have no problem with that because you know, he wears skinny jeans, dude. If you wear skinny you jeans, you would be I'm surprised, not- Drew. You, I, I gave you a, a a little lesson in capitalism earlier, and now I'm gonna give you a lesson <laughs> in this. Guys in skinny jeans are no longer to be trifled with. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The Rock wears skinny jeans. Joe Miller. Joe Rogan. And I've talked trash to... Joe Rogan. Well, here's the thing. I've talked trash to Joe about his skinny jeans. Joe, I love you. But also, you dress in those things, and it it makes me cringe. I see The Rock doing that. I would trash him, too. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is built like a little gorilla. If he's wearing skinny jeans, it looks like I will make hydrant. I will make fun of him too. I don't care. It's like I've never been. Big. Chris, you've heard the story. The Denny's Bush well, before the podcast the ends. Bush. We will air the story of me getting beat up outside of a Denny's at two a.m. by Zeus. Which Denny's? By Zeus uh, nope. Ridge Road okay. in West Seneca. Ridge Road Denny's in right in front of Home Depot. Uh, yeah, right where yeah. Sonic is. Yeah, yeah. in the yeah. hedges. Yeah, no, we're going to tell that story oh, at one point before this podcast it's ends. It's too bad that was like 1994 and it wasn't on camera, you know? So there isn't an, an elite passer after that week one yeah. contest. And these teams haven't set themselves up to be pass-heavy powerhouses. So I don't think that anyone has to worry about Elam like, oh my God, his acclamation. It won't matter as much as I think people are giving it credence. Is that fair to say? I think that he has to worry. He has to be he what he to, he needs to be good. He or yeah. at least he needs to be NFL caliber. You need to be what Dane Jackson was. You don't need to be impressive. You need to be a starter in the NFL. Yeah, he needs to be better than Levi Wallace. Yes, be better than Levi Wallace. And you, who signed a based on the contract he signed? You could tell the Bills didn't, didn't want him. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, listen, we were just waiting for a time to be done with you. We didn't sign you the season before, and we gave you a nothing contract. We weren't going to give you anything more than that, so we kept telling you to go find something better. You finally did. Mm-hmm. Great. We'll just draft a rookie to do the thing you do, and hopefully he does it better. That's what they think of this. I I don't know. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't come out and have a great game week one against Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, does it? Like it doesn't mean that no. he's a bad player. No, it doesn't I mean, mean that his development. It's the is- first game. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I, I I don't think it's going to have really a uh, a lot of bearing. And so really, then when you look at it, how it's all downhill from there, and then Trey White will be back before we play Kansas City, before we play Green Bay. Chris, it almost feels like this Elam thing's being overblown, isn't it? Yeah, but I I don't know. I I'll be interested. Interested to see any video. I'm not going to be at training camp, but it'll be interesting to hear what Nate has to say. The guys are cover one. Any of the video that we're able to see on social media for those that that can't go. Because, well, there was that thing earlier in the uh, week from uh, Shady McCoy on mm-hmm. Namdi Asanwa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, that so was awesome. I, I, think, I love the I Am Athlete podcast because these guys say some wild yeah, shit. Yeah, they... they... I think they in I think in practice, 
people like Nate, Eric Turner, Greg, Aaron, they're going to be able to see at camp if this kid's got it. So you'll know if he belongs yeah. in the one-on-ones, in the seven-on-sevens, in the 11-on-11s, but you're not going to know what the deal is until you see him in a preseason game, until you see him in a couple of game action situations, because what he's going to bring to the table is not necessarily going to be a guy that walks off the bus and is just a super instinctual zone player. That's just off not the him. Bus. No, he's, he's going to be more of a <laughs> off the bus, like your best, like Doug Whaley, a little bit, a little off the bus action. Um, but he is going to be able to play, walk off the bus and play a man coverage. Yeah. I think that matters. Um, especially early in the season when you're playing a team like Baltimore where you're probably going to run more man because you're not really worried about the receivers. You want to funnel everything inside and make sure you don't let Mark Andrews beat you. And and a team against – like the the, the matchup that I'm maybe most interested in watching him and hopefully Trey White together in is that first Miami matchup because – you know, obviously they've got two of the speediest and, and shiftiest receivers in the league with Mike Isecki in the middle and a quarterback with a limp noodle as an arm. So I'm excited to see like what that looks like. Um, you know, on is it a Sunday that, afternoon? Yeah, let me ask this. One o'clock. Preseason games. Mm-hmm. How much are you playing Kyrie Elam? Ooh, risking injury. How is Trey White trending to to play? Is is he trending to be healthy week one? I. Because if he's if are, he's are if we, Trey White's week one week one ready, are we going to are we going to hear that from the Bills? His status is, are they going to tell us? So Trey White's definitely not playing in a preseason game. Yeah, we know that. So, but what if if he's re- not ready for week one? How much are you going to play him in the in the preseason? I think you got to let him get some some burn. And I think I think you want to know what Cam Lewis is too. So I think you're going to see a lot of Cam Lewis. I think you're going to see a lot of, um, shoot, what's uh, what's what's Warren G's son's name? Elijah Elijah Griffin. What, what's the, Elijah Griffin? Yeah. Elijah Griffin. I, I was going to just Nick McLeod. Oh, I was Nick just going to use name? the whatever song title. Regulate. Yeah, yeah I, I, you I, don't even know. Because I know you, I didn't even know. I was. That's gonna how say, white Chris is. Yeah, I was going to say like. Get a taste. The, sure, in, yeah, why don't you? It's the instigator or. So the eliminator. Okay, so Kyrie Lam, like I get it. He's a ma- he's something people will be paying attention to. But I think some of this is overblown as far as how good he has to be, because Trey White will be back, and you have Dane Jackson, and you have Dane Jackson, who honestly afforded him. He, he did played pretty, fine. We played pretty well. He better, wasn't embarrassed. Was better he better than, than Levi Wallace? I would say yes. I would say yes, because I think if they didn't think that, they would have kept Levi Wallace. I think if Trey White was in, if he was healthy, and you saw what Dane Jackson did, and you ran it back this year with Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, and, and, and Tredavious White, I think Dane Jackson's probably the starter. Yeah. Okay. Like, if, if this year they decided we're going to bring back Levi for one year, we're not drafting Kyer Elam, we're running the same group back, Trey's available, ready week one, knowing what we know from the end of last year, and then in training camp this year, I do think that Dane Jackson would have won that job from Levi. All right. Drew, you have uh, Blue Note whiskey in your glass now. So I why, do. why don't you give us a... Yeah, you have not had it yet. 121 and a half and What you're supposed to do with that one is you're supposed to two-sip. So, clug, clug, finish. Yeah, I want to get your. I love it with that with the old as an old fashioned. Oh yeah, that has a good bite for old fashioned with the bitters. See, I like that. To me, that finishes pretty smooth. Yeah, it's got a for being as it's got a punch. Jesus. It's got a punch in your uh, jejunum right in the beginning, but then like as it goes down your windpipe, you're like, oh, 
You yeah. know, like I'm, yeah, for being a hundred and twenty-one proof, it really. Uh, it's not that bad. I like when it gets in my mustache. It's very drinkable. Like that's, can, um, that's that's a crazy whiskey right there. This is forty-two dollars. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to start getting. They do it different in Missouri. In. They do it different. Well, that what is that? I think it says on the bottle of uh, Memphis. It's from Memphis. It is crafted in Memphis. So, what are the rookies? Okay, if if this conversation of need, quote unquote, who do you need? to see development out of from this rookie class. There's probably only a few names, like, right? Development how? Like three or, years from now, this no, year, no, 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 by no. the end of the season? This year, so that they can acclimate themselves to playing at some point this season, some kind of role. Who do you see like going into training camp? You're just saying, I'm looking at this rookie because I feel like he's important. Who is it? I mean, it, it's probably James Cook, right? I feel like that's the popular answer. No, because I, I feel like I know what... I, if we're going to make it a Seagram's bet, I'm going to do one of James Cook's Seagram's secret, bet. Okay. Ooh, what is it? Uh, that James... Uh, that James... Uh, who who are you talking about? saying James Cook. James, James Cook. Cook. Sorry, I was about to say James White. Yeah. Uh, that's that 121 Cook, proof, baby. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, <laughs> that James Cook, by the end of the season, will be like the team's starting back. Like over Singletary. By wow. week, the last game of the year... He will be the guy. Like Singletary will still be in there, but it's going to be like James White's backfield with, with Singletary as the complement. So you're putting it on the last week of this season. I think by the end of the year, that's what this would look. James like. Cook not, is yep. going to run the show, we and need, it's going to be yeah. Well, he's we a, he's the best athlete. We we need Pure what? We need something more definitive. Yeah, we need a like. Last week of the season. That's okay. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So like, at what point is yeah. he logging more snaps? That's, let's make it snap count. Yeah, snap count. That's At a good idea. At what point in the season is, is he... It, by week 14, by week 15. Okay, by week 15, he is out-snapping Devin Singletary. Yes. All right, I'll take that bet. Because here's what I think. I think that this I think at this running back stable, if they get their zone blocking running, yes. Then James Cook becomes Do you want to put two on it? I will, I'll double down. I'm not scared. You've got to get a... Uh, I mean, I already have mine listed on the board. No, no, Put you got to get a you got to get a punter bet. So here's here here's not only here's the thing. So we're gonna do two, and we're gonna do two separate flavors. Yep. And we're going to get a beer bong. Yep. And we are going to mix the flavors <laughs> and into a so almost like a uh, so like the a calypso cooler juice. and the peach bellini. Yes, together. Let me ask you this. Let's see if we're thinking on the same page because we don't have. Beer bongs. It's okay. We, we can either make one or we can go to Spencer's Gifts. Who do you think in the in podcasting community would have one we can borrow? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of one right now. I don't even know. I would say Pat Moran, but no. It, no, Pat Moran's old. Yeah, no. he, he doesn't have beer bongs. <laughs> no. He just has regular bongs. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of a specific group of people. Um, not Bruce. Um, no. Well, if he did, he wouldn't let us come over and use it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Well, he might let me. I'm his co-host. Trainwreck Sports. They definitely have beer bongs. Oh, they, they might even have, have the Octobong. Yeah. Do you know the Octobong? Yeah, I know. All right. So, so two mixed uh, shotgunned. Yes. You know? So that's that's that's, that's how we're the gonna... bet. All right. I'm put. I'm putting it on. I'm putting on the board right now. Okay. So this is my point. James Cook. 
We all know what he is. If they get their zone blocking dialed in, then yes, he becomes a dynamic weapon. He really does. If he, if we don't, if this doesn't matriculate the way people think they that it should, the blocking doesn't progress the way people think that it should. What do we go? Devin week Singletary is going uh, to week fifteen. Week fifteen. Week fifteen. Week fifteen. He's going to get a lot more burn than anyone expects because he's the guy they trust to not put the ball on the floor. Wait, timeout. Injury dis- disclaimer. If one okay, if sure. one of yeah. them are injured, sure. it's null and void. Done, of course. But injured. Now, what, what is this elementary school? Like, in, what are we? What What are we talking about? Like, injured more than two weeks in a row? No, I mean like serious injury. Like it hampers you from participating in multiple. Or games. let's say let's say Devin Singletary goes down week one and James Cook takes over, and then Devin Doesn't Singletary's like- by back by like week eight. But Devin Singleton never yeah. takes the job back. That's not. We're not counting that. So a major injury. Yeah, major an injury, injury that 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 something that you'd call an insurance company that over. affects the integrity of this bet. Because All as right. you know, Andrew Gear is a man of integrity. <sighs> God damn. He's a man of integrity. <sighs> he'll do your taxes. He'll mow your lawn. He'll babysit his father. Your dog. His it's, father-in-law does our taxes. It's it's weird. Because I have these like multiple person, it's multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. It's there's the part of me that's kind and compassionate and really cares about people, and then there's the Hulk, the murderer, and yeah. then there's the Hulk, yeah, and then there's Drew Gear, who just is like a, a blend. Well, Drew Gear is dead. Andrew Gear, <laughs> Andrew Gear is alive and well, and maybe he's thriving. All right, there it is. It's on the board. Here's a question. Why the fuck is he nobody talking about Terrell Bernard? Because everyone thinks he was a bad pick. Okay, so let's talk about this. Okay. Okay? If you look at the linebacker depth chart, Dodson. Uh, Don't say anything bad. He'll tweet at you. Who gives a f- Whoa. Yeah, I'm just I care you. what his goofy ass has to say. Ooh. He was a spot starter who was barely retained by this football team. And then, well, what is it? He, but he's a he's a special teams contributor, right? Sixty three percent of last year's snaps. Medikevich, special teams ace. Great beard. Highest special teams percentage snap on the entire team. This is it. He's he's the guy. Markel Lee. Who the fuck is Markel Lee? I actually kind of like him. Of course you do. He played thirty three uh, snaps played, in the NFL. Played for last the Raiders season. a couple of years ago. He's a nice little. Chris, you hear beast. that? Hey, I like him. He played 33 snaps. Total. Period. Point blank. Uh, Joe Giles Harris. Yeah. I've never heard of this dude before, and I'm not going to bother looking up his numbers. He's got three names, and they're arguably all first names. You never fuck around with a guy with three first names. He wasn't a third-round pick, so I don't give a shit what he's done. All right. I look at Terrell Bernard. I just... There's nobody here who has on tape what he can do. He's fast. Mm-hmm. He's got quick feet. He looks like what they if it's like if you were trying to draft Matt Milano over again, you would draft Terrell Bernard. Mm. Guy who was a kind of the communicator of the defense, diagnosis plays well and is calling out assignments to other people around him when he's at Baylor. He's in college basically setting the defense. He was the tone setter for their defense. He blitzes well because he's fast mm-hmm. and he's flexible around the corner. He's he can diagnose a play and hit the right hole. 
which is the thing that we always give Matt Milano credit for. It's not that he comes downhill quickly. It's that Matt Milano comes downhill quickly and picks the right hole more often than not. Yeah. He does these things. It's like if you were trying to redraft another Matt Milano clone, it sounds like Terrell Bernard's the guy, and no one's talking about same him Same size, same weight, same height, like, same everything. It's, yeah, like, same intangibles, like, same testing numbers. They're very similar players. So they're incredibly similar. Why is nobody talking about him, and what are your expectations for him? Like, where do you see him falling on this spectrum? This offseason. Um, like, he's going mean, to be a guy who's team. playing. He's in the preseason, he's going to be playing all four quarters. It's a chance that he brings you all the good things that AJ Klein brought you, right? Which was especially what we saw last year when Matt Milano missed time, that he was able to sort of step in. And he was actually really effective when he was getting downhill as a pass rusher um, in those situations. But he was a liability in pass coverage. I think you're getting all the good things of AJ Klein and then you're also getting all the things he didn't do well I think you're getting also in Bernard so if you want to run and this I was talking about this this morning uh, I was filling in for Jeremy on the radio and we had Sale on we were talking to Sale and this has been kind of my point for a while and I think last time I was on this podcast I just had talked about it with Bruce the week prior we were talking about um, the varieties that this defense is going to be able to sort of pull out the personnel groupings like you want to have savory and sweet options, right? And like the Bills have, you, you're going to play the Baltimore Ravens, you're going to play the Cleveland Browns, you're going to play the Indianapolis Colts. All right, well, we the the, the Bills have can go big. Uh, if you want to be the Kansas City Chiefs, you want to spread them out. You want to go five wides. The Bills can you know drop. You know they could they can pull a linebacker, they could pull Edmonds off the field, have Milano in the middle, or, or vice versa, and bring in Cam Lewis. They can bring in Dane Jackson. Like, they, they've they got things. And then, if you're playing the Ravens, for instance, which the Bills are going to play. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And you know that they have not they have that downhill running attack, but they're they're unique. It's not the Browns, it's not Indianapolis, it's not, you know, twelve personnel. It is, but a lot of times it's like thirteen personnel. But like it's not twelve personnel turnaround handoff outside zone. This is read option. This is, you know, yeah. RPO, this is uh outside zone, it's trap, it's uh, you know, wham. It, it, you've got all these different run looks from the Ravens. So what you want to do in that situation is you want to have more Bernard on the field. You want to have 
a Saran Neal on the field. Yes. You want to have guys that I'm with saying. a little bit more size. And, and listen, Saran Neal, people that like kind of scoffed at his resigning. <sighs> he was. Dude, he's, he. You should go back to that Kansas City game. In go the back round, to that. You fucking watch it. He played. Preach, sir. Preach. He played really well in that game. He played every time Travis Kelsey was running a route. Saran Neal was on his ass that entire game. Um, so you have a guy when you're playing teams with multiple tight end sets that are uh, that have unique running attacks. You could put Saran Neal and, and Bernard on the field. Or if you're playing, um, you know, if you're playing Indianapolis and you've got that downhill running attack, that that zone scheme, you could say, we're going to run 4-3. We're going to put Shaq Lawson on the field. We're going to put A.J. Epinesa on the field. We're going to see more Tim Settle and, and Daquan Jones. Like, th- those are all things that they can do, and they can change based on what the offense on the other team that week is going to do. And I think it's a huge advantage. And and Bernard fits into that equation from the standpoint of, okay, well, you've got depth if if Milana goes down, who has not really played a 16-17 game season yet in his career. No, So not he gets ever. banged up, so now you have Bernard to stay Step in. It could be a guy that maybe you're not going to see. You're not going to see teams pick on him the way that they would have picked on AJ Klein, which is okay. Well, let's just yeah. run, let's run our running backs. Let's run our tight ends right at him and force him to in a zone make a decision and will take advantage of that decision. So, like they're going to have the ability um, to be way more multiple with Bernard in this in the fold. Like you can run four three, you can run standard three linebacker sets. This is a team that runs less three linebacker sets than any team in the NFL, but they can run more if they want to. Chris, that's wild. Mm-hmm. He just railed it off stream of consciousness. This is why we love Nate Gary. Now he's chugging a bottle of water. Yeah, that's why he's on the. That's why he's on the radio. I'm gonna get you another one, sir. Because you're you're over here. You gotta stay hydrated. Well, yeah, you're also feasting on 121 proof whiskey. I don't know who's counting. Yeah. So as we go to the front seven, <laughs> crack. Yeah. In the wake of free agency, proof. you just pour it in the glass, and then I count how much goes oh, in. Okay, that's that's how that works. Yeah. Free agency, the draft. I made note of the fact the Bills didn't make a move for a traditional Sam linebacker, and I was mad about it. I was pissed because I go, "There's that would no- definitely be something that pisses off Drew Gear." Luckily, Andrew Gear doesn't get doesn't has way more sensible than that. Doesn't get upset about things like that. Doesn't get upset about things like that because he's a he's a grown ass adult man with two children. There's a team <laughs> like we're a team that plays a ton of nickel defense, mm-hmm. even when we don't have to. Like they played the Ravens, but what is a Sam linebacker to you? Uh, and this is where the conversation starts. To me, as someone who watched football from a young, like from the age of a young child to now, I figure that this guy has to be about two fifty three, six foot two, and he has to line up on a certain. He's got to be Thomas point. Davis. He has to be big, and he has to be able to pass rush, but also stop the run when it comes off. Name. The- Name your your favorite, the best Sam linebacker in football. The best Sam linebacker mm-hmm. in football right now. Yeah, that's the problem. There's no way to quantify this because they shuffle around. They, they don't. They don't exist. They no don't. one is running four three anymore. No one's running three no. four anymore. And that's it. It's all become an amalgamation of who goes where based on what the offense is calling. To your point. You want to have multiple options. Is it a four man or is it a five man front? Yes, that's it's how all you're you identifying care fronts now. That's it's not all four three three four. That is garbage. It's gone. It's never. And to be we seen run again. a ton of nickel because we trust Teron Johnson to just come downhill on running backs. Yeah, because he's and he does all, it well, but he does it so well. The dude is amazing for what he does. But it was a role that 
you needed somebody to be a bigger body on the outside, outside of your defensive ends, right? At linebacker, somebody has to, in base sets, when a team forces you to suck everything in, you sometimes need a big body out there. And I was questioning who was going to do it. And then I answered my, I was asking the question, what's the fucking plan? They have nothing. Then I figured it out for myself. In 2019, Shaq Lawson, second fiddle to Trent Murphy. Mm-hmm. 20% snap disparity between them over the course of the season. You'd think they would be rotational pieces, but they're not. When you look at where he lined up, Shaq Lawson took 429 of his 483 total snaps, which is 88% of them, Mm -hmm. came what's called L-E-O-L-R-E-O, which is off left end, off right end, which basically makes you a 3-4 outside linebacker, doesn't it? I mean, I'll read you the definition from the Gus Bradley glossary. The LEO position is essentially just a weak side defensive end that will stand up in a two-point stance and some 3-4 looks. Okay. Is that not a 3-4 outside linebacker? Yeah. Which is why Miami signed him, because they wanted him to fit that role. Turns out they didn't like the way he did it. Well, if you're going to be in some sub packages, need a a Sam linebacker, need a guy with size who can... Hit the line of scrimmage when there's multiple blockers, maybe a blocking tight end on the field. A linebacker who can cut in and make a play when there's heavy blocking units. Mm-hmm. Against a team like Buffalo, who's got coverage units that are kind of small, linebacking yeah. core that outside of our, what, uh, Jesus Christ, Tremaine Edmonds, outside of him, wow. it's kind of small, then, yeah. It makes sense to have that guy in that role. My question is, do you think that's smart? They're taking a defensive end and basically going, we're going to leave this role up to you. That's why we resigned you. I have a question. Yeah. Would you consider Darius Leonard a Mike linebacker? I I don't think so. I think he's just an – I just refer to him about Fred Warner? No. I don't think they're Mike's. I think he's off the ball linebacker who teams teams want to identify, but because they want to know where he is in the field. But, but you would consider Tremaine uh, Tremaine Edmonds a Mike linebacker? Yes. I'm gonna tell you that I think Leonard and Warner are both Mike linebackers in today's NFL. Okay. So the reason I'm asking this question, and eventually if. Um, if this if this loads because I'm getting I'm getting talk to your landlord I need better I need better uh, are you Wi-Fi. on the Wi-Fi no you're not no well, it's too it's too late now hold on I just I just got to pull no, something up hand. I just want to show you something I just want to show you something it's not too late you can just give you the I password. can give you the no, password. It's, it's it's always too late mm-hmm. um, all right so technically Darius Leonard's listed as a weak side linebacker so he's not a, he's not a Mike in that system. Fred Warner, I, I'm pretty sure plays Mike. Mm-hmm. But where I'm going with this is today's NFL Mike linebacker, and the reason I'm bringing up Mike, Mike linebackers is because there's probably a really good chance that that Bernard could play Mike next year. He's six. What? He's six one two twenty nine. Darius Leonard six two two twenty nine. Fred Warner is six three two twenty nine. Middle linebackers in the NFL are not Brian Urlacher anymore. 
they're not you know like they're not these big all right, all right i'm giant, willing to hear they're that not, they're not brian bostick they're not dudes with neck you know neck rolls in 45 concussions and they're not uh, uh what's the name of the character uh in the replacements danny oh Oh, Bankman? Geez, yes. No, is it no? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I know the replacements. Come on, put, type it in, bro. We got to find out who, who Danny, who, who, what his last name in that, and the replacements was the middle linebacker. Danny, Chris, you've got the TVs. I, yeah, put it up there. Let me go. So someone's listening about, right now, so, yelling at their yeah, yelling, they're like, yelling at the radio. I know going, what it is. So I'll look it up. So w- your point though isn't lost on me. Can your interior defensive line give the linebackers enough time to read and react without having first contact? So do you like Shaq Lawson in the role that A.J. Klein used to hold? That's the question. Because that seems to be... Yeah, but... Like, if we're talking about the front seven, about that's Shaq, the one of the biggest pivots. Shaq, well, A.J. Shaq Lawson was edge, though. Okay, but back in 2019 when he was Danny on the Bateman. Buffalo Bills... Danny Bateman! Back in 2019, when Shaq Lawson was on the Buffalo Bills, that's where he played all the snaps. There's he a played re- edge. Yeah, edge. But now when you go looking at pro football focus and they break it down, they go, he was off tackle. He was outside the tackle box. Yeah, but that's... But that that but that's still not off ball linebacker. No, no, no. AJ Klein's off ball linebacker. But what they want from him is I see this lining up now. They didn't draft a replacement for AJ Klein. They didn't sign a replacement for him in free agency. But if some team forces you into base defense, you have to come with somebody who can somebody who can hold up against an NFL offensive lineman. Correct? Yeah, incorrect. but the Bills don't even really like they how many times base defense is nickel. That's base. I understand what you're saying. That's My base. My point is, is that when you go heavy situate heavy personnel, mm-hmm. You'd the add a fifth for me. You you'd add it. a fifth defensive lineman. I don't think you add that linebacker. Well, you don't have so to. So Shaq Lawson becomes your fifth defensive lineman. Shaq Lawson. Do you like you could the put idea, Bernard on the edge? Do you like the idea of him over Bernard? In that, do you fifth, like the idea of Shaq Lawson on this football team? That's, I guess, what I'm getting to. Look at this: Terrell Bernard, eight point eight RAS score, height and weight low, but it, everything else he does is elite. Elite athleticism. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Shaq Lawson, who's just kind of... Chris, if you could pull up the Rascor for Shaq Lawson. But I don't think... I think you're overthinking the No, the I just want to ask you, does this one piece of this, when the, when the Bills get forced into base defense, does it make you feel good about what we have right now? Yeah, I feel fine about that. That's a pretty Look, darn good score. That's my point. They're both elite athletes at what they do. Chris, you were probably surprised when you saw his RAS score, weren't you? Yeah, I was. <laughs> What's Chris's RAS score? Eleven. <laughs> can you can you do your own RAS score? There's got to be a RAS calculation. Do your own RAS. Uh, we need to get <laughs> we'll get Kelly Platty to weigh in on me and Chris. Yeah. We'll record our measurables and we'll submit them to him. Chris, let's do it. I, I would. Listen, Chris, I'm not kidding. We're going to be at training week, camp. We can use the lines on the field. I'm happy to run a 40, get my 20-yard split, my 10-yard split, my speed score, and my 40-yard dash. Don't we want to do this? Let's yes. do it. Let's uh, get. Yes. Let's let's make this happen, Nate. We are going to collect the RAS scores of everybody in this room right now. 
Raz calculator. There it is. Now as we're sitting here talking about defensive ends and Shaq Lawson and how they might kind of solve the Sam linebacker problem, is this A.J. Epinesa's last go-round? No, because he's got another year on I know under, he has uh, another year on his contract, but isn't he flirting with like Cody Ford status? Where it's like, hey, I, here's why I ask. Uh, it was a big part of training camp. No, like we he's, know, not, he's not flirting with Cody Ford status. We know that the Bills defensive end room was a focus this offseason for this team. And the previous year, they sank two top 60 picks in it. They signed Von Miller. They <laughs> Are you just looking for where the whiskey went? No, there's a little bubble in there. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's getting deep over here, folks. So, the Bills' defensive end room was a big part of the talk. And everyone knows going into training camp, Sean McDermott kind of lit the fuse where he goes, hey, we need these young kids to produce. We're relying on them. So it's going to be a consistent storyline uh, amongst media types like yourself. Mm. There's a lot of pressure there. It would be dumb for us to throw out generic platitudes about how important it is and how, I don't know, who's going to be watching it. It would be dumber for me to try and make it sound like there's some kind of drama at the top of the depth chart, right? Yeah, there's no drama. Uh, This season lacks drama, except for punter. Lots of drama. Von Miller and Greg Rousseau finished in the top three for run stops. At the edge position. Yeah, Greg Rousseau is a darn good edge edge run defender. Look at the size of him! Chris. He's, he's a fucking... He's Groot. Just just as a side, could you uh, pull up uh, Matt Hawk versus uh, Ariza, please? For Rascors. Oh, for Rascors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pull it up. I can do that. Hold on. So while we're talking about this, Greg Rousseau, Von Miller, cemented themselves because they're good against the run, and they can also pass rush. All right. Yeah. Then done. You're our de facto number ones. I let's talk about some of the nuances that'll make this interesting. And because I thrive off negativity. Yes, you do. <laughs> I want to look at AJ Epinesa. First of all, you don't think that he's teetering on Cody Ford territory. Look at that rat score. Oh, Jesus. Nine point four nine for punt god. NA for for Matt Hawk. Oh no! We're in shambles. We we don't we don't have the vertical. That's why on Matt Hawk. But it doesn't matter. Look at this stud. All wow. you got to do is teach Matt to hold. Wow! Technically, Matt Hawk is faster. That's surprising. They're both called Matt. Stop saying Matt. Use no, the Matt's, last name. Matt's faster. Ariza. Ariza. So, at camp is going to learn from uh, Coach Geary. Yeah, on holding. He is. He, That's really Geary holding. Here's the thing that bugs academy. me about Epinesa. He has fewer sacks in both of his two seasons as Rousseau and Basham had last year individually. If you combine yeah. his two years, he didn't produce what those two kids did. But he also didn't have to go through... Those two did not have to go through the body transition that Epinesa did. Yeah, but who's... Epinesa, I, frankly, Epinesa's probably best fit at the weight that he was playing at in yes, college. Yes, I wanted him playing at Cam Hayward. Playing 3-4 defensive end. I wanted him as Cam Hayward being 3-4 defensive end. Well, he's not Cam Hayward. I, I Do you want him to no, 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 anybody? No. But that was his weight and size. Ooh, uh, and I said, AJ, AJ Epinesa. Uh, compare AJ Epinesa to Cam Hayward. Let's see how that goes. Well, he, he was before size-wise. 
And then what happens is, is that you wind up finding out that, like, oh, they said, well, we need you to slim down and be a Jerry Hughes type player. Yeah. Well, he can't do that. He well, sucks at it. So, I mean, he played well in that Miami game. He flashed in that Miami game. Sure. And then not again for the rest of the he, season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, this is, he also uh, didn't see a lot again, whoa, of snaps. Whoa, 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 whoa. He was a healthy scratch three times, and every time he did, Boogie Basham was the guy who took all of his snaps. Boogie Basham got sacks, got tackles for loss, got stops. There's not... It's like Basham showed better than he did every time he got a chance to take AJ's job. So now the question is, you've got a GM who's illustrated he's not gun-shy about adding defensive line help in free agency. I'll go out there, out, what, in 2020? He spent on the defensive line. Yes. It didn't help, but he did. 2021, he spent on the defensive line. He did. This year, he spent on the defensive line, and he also sank more draft capital into it. It's like, look, at a certain point, our, they believe in the trenches, they believe you build from the line of scrimmage out. Yes. Yes, which is a great Chris, we talked about this with us in the Jets. It's the reason that Jets free agency thing went, went so well. Is because we said they're trying to build from the outside in, we're building from the inside out. We'll see whose model works cuz they had more cap space than we did. One team made the playoffs that year and one team just sank and burned and they haven't climbed out of the wreckage of that. I just look at this and I go Four top 60 picks in three years on the defensive That's line. a lot. Our GM and head coach have an understanding that this is important to build the lines. Now a six-year, $120 million contract on top of that, too. If A.J. Epinesa gets demoted to third team at training camp, what does that say about his upshot going forward and where they view him in this rotation that we all have kind of in our heads? Like, he has to earn his way up the depth chart. Listen, they all... Cliché. They all... There's, there's, they all you have, have to... Like, you have guys like Epinesa. You have guys like Shaq Lawson on the roster. So there's constantly a pressure for guys to perform. Just like at wide receiver. Like, at the, at, at the, at the slot position right now. You have so many guys right there. Shakir... Tavon Austin, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder. I mean, that is as crowded of a specialty position that you're going to have in the league on this team right now at the slot slot wide receiver position yeah. because that competition is 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 what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean like believe that if you have competition at every position, a that means you're going to have good depth. So if you have injuries, you're set. You feel like you've got guys you can trust that you know are, are high level players, but that it's constantly forcing the guys at the top of the depth chart to play their best to make sure that they're spending their off seasons working out and, and, and learning the playbook and doing all those things. And I know that's super cliche, but it's that's why you have an Epinesa on the team. Now, it, it does, is, is this a make-or-break season for Epinesa? Kind of. I mean, if it's he not, gets demoted, not, but I'm not... If I'm he not loses sitting. his starting snaps to Boogie Basham... Well, he's not starting. No, Epinesa's no, not starting. No, no, but when he gets the opportunity to get... I think that they're probably playing different positions. Like different different, True, end different position, roles, different roles, different times different on makeups. the field. Like Epinesa is going to be early down guy. Basham's going to be a third down guy. But but when he if he's a healthy scratch, or if you see him on the third team and Basham's getting second team run, flirting with first team, 
Doesn't that start to send the message? I think the 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 battle is Epinesa versus Shaq Lawson. That's what I think the battle is. And Shaq Lawson, to me, is we know what he is as a run edge an edge run defender, but he's not. He can't cover. He can't cover with a goddamn. Well, here's the thing. the, The thing about Shaq Lawson is at edge, he has not been a he has not been the player he was as last year in Buffalo since. Nope. New York, it didn't look good. Miami, it didn't look good. Wherever else he was before the Bills picked him up last year and then ultimately re-signed him again this year. Um, he, to me, is your fifth defensive end. And the question will be, does, is that fifth defensive end Epinesa or is it Shaq Lawson? If Shaq Lawson beats Epinesa out, I think Epinesa is probably done. Like, if, if Shaq Lawson beats you out, I think, you're, I, I think you're on the way out. That's it. Yeah. So that's going to be something interesting to watch as camp develops and who gets snaps where heading into the preseason. Now, there's a ripple effect when it comes to the return man position. We touched on this a little bit last week, camp battles, whatnot. Bears repeating. Sean McDermott never, as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, has kept seven wide receivers on the roster. Not ever. Mm. Now they've done a lot of six. The instances where the primary return job. Marcus. Marcus Murphy, you see that there? When the primary returner was not a wide receiver, they said, hey, fuck it. We only we only need five. The question I'm gonna ask is what happens with Taiwan Jones? Is Ty is this finally the year that they they don't dress four running backs or have four running backs in the roster. Well, and this is it. So you start to filter into this conversation of what happens with the ripple effect of who wins the return man job. And also, Taiwan Jones, like, is he the guy? Is our running back stable so talented that they have to push Taiwan Jones off the roster? It's not that, that, that it's talented. It's that you have someone who can fill the role of Taiwan Jones on special teams. Well, that's, that's the it. question. And. Do you think there's someone in the running back room right now? Besides I don't think him? the running back room, but I don't think it needs to be a running back. You I don't just, think so? It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't need to be a running back. It could be a wide receiver. Um, it could be because right now you have Siren Neal, Saran Neal, and you have Jake Kumro. Those are your primary gunners, right? And they're damn well, good that's at it. it. And they're that's... damn good at it. But the other thing is with Taiwan Jones is he's one of. He's also a, a gunner type. He's going to play on your punt return, your punt team. He's playing on all your core special teams, um, uh, uh, Taiwan Jones. But he's not necessarily relied upon. Like I, I think in terms of your number one, number two, number three special teams players, you have Kumaro, you have Saran Neal. I keep calling him Saran. It's Siren Neal. Siren Neal. Or is it Saran? It's Saran Neal. Sale corrected me this morning, and I think it's Saran Neal. It's not Siren. I think I called him Siren Neal. Anyways, so Saran Neal, Jay Kumaro, Tyler Medikevich. I think Taiwan Jones is going to have a tough time making this roster if you have Terrell Bernard, who I think could probably do some of the same level of things. And this is it. And I think if you're going to talk about... To me, young kids pushing old guys off the roster. To me, there's Taiwan Jones is where it starts. There's two guys in that wide receiver room I think you can cross off the board right now. Okay, who? Marquez Stevenson. I think he's... He's an outside receiver, and he doesn't play core special teams other than returning kicks, and he has not really flashed. Okay. The other guy. Yep. You just cross out. Yep. Isaiah Hodgins. And that sucks because I'm a Isaiah Hodgins fan. Oh. Oh, not only are you a fan, but... Are we going now? Oh, we're going right now. All right.
Well, pull it up. Did yeah. Oh, you know. Listen, we are bourbon. we are. Yeah, you better sip that bourbon. We are the Pettiest Bills podcast. So of course we went back through our own annals mm-hmm. and found Nate Geary's take on Isaiah Hodgins in advance of this conversation. Sons of bitches. Uh, how about this? I think the worst pick the Bills had was Gabe Davis in the third. That was an incredible reach. I think there was far better. Rec- I, I think if the Bills didn't take Gabe Davis in third, right, I'm not sure when he would have gone. I think turn he would have gone off. probably where Isaiah Hodgins went. I think he's a certain type of receiver who did not get asked, a lot like Denzel Mims, did not get asked to run every route in the route group. And he's a big downfield threat, but I don't think you should confuse that with someone who can run the routes. Gabe Davis, to me, provides more special teams value than he does actual offensive value. Again, I want to go on the record by saying I would actually be more surprised to see Gabe Davis on this team than Isaiah Hodgins. I think Isaiah Hodgins should have been the guy that they picked in the third round or the fourth round over Gabe Davis. If Gabe Davis did not get picked by the Bills, I'm not sure when he would have gone. I think it was their biggest reach by Ooh, far. Okay. By far. So you're not a fan of the pick. It's not that I'm not a fan of the pick. I, 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 See, I I'm not, not that I'm not a fan. I, I, I had no idea who the fuck the guy was. I think that out of the receivers, and, and again, I don't remember the fourth round in particular. I know that Tyler Johnson was still on the board, and if you're going to tell me that any team other than the Bills had Tyler Johnson below Gabe Davis, I would say, hey, T. Higgins is mom. You're like T. Higgins' mom. You like crack. That's you. <laughs> Gary. You're like T. Higgins' mom. You like crack. Whatever draft show that was. What was that, 18, 17? Uh, 19. 19. 19. So now here's what I, I want to point out. Isaiah Hodgins, zero catches in the NFL. Uh, Gabe Davis, 13 touchdown catches in two seasons. Sort of, Nate, in your defense, Hodgins has been hampered by injury. That's right. <laughs> call me Call me when, when, when he's fully healthy. healthy. Okay. I rescind what I just said. Isaiah Hodgins, you don't cross him out. He's making <laughs> – you can circle him and pen because he's making the team. Damn well, you guys. It. You know, one yeah. day, one day, guys, I will strike back. I know. And it will be – Glorious! There will be, there will yeah, be blood. There will this, be blood. This is the most. This is the pettiest Bills podcast. There will you can't be blood. come on here and pretend like you. The sins of the I past, am going to was... retain uh, some legal. Uh, I'm going to be reaching out to Mark Smith. Uh, I am going to retain an attorney, and you will be hearing from him. Now, here's what I like. I pay Un- him in Arby's <laughs> under Sean McDermott, Marcus Murphy, right? Yeah. When he was the kick returner as a running back, and I really wanted him to work so I could get a Murphy RoboCop-themed Bills shirt, they cut the position group down to five wide receivers. So obviously kick returner has a role. Like, like that has an impact on how Sean McDermott sees how many wide receivers he needs. Yeah. But also maybe that speaks to how often the offense throws the football. So maybe he could be altering his approach, knowing, hey, the pass is what, like, Josh that's Allen's why, arm. Is that's just, why I think um, that's Tavon why Austin's going to make the team. Wait, Tavon, what? Are you willing to call it a, ro- a quote-unquote roster lock? Chris has pulled the board out. Oh, uh, he's got the board. 
Um, uh, do you want, I'll write it down. Drew, it looks like you don't want to. So I will say that Tavon that. Austin will either be on the, uh, he will make the team or be on the practice squad. Okay. Oh, well, that, yeah, no shit, because he has no other. He has no other suitors. What? It, yeah, but <sighs> why would that matter bet. about going? That's not up? a bet. All right. Well, here's it. I say we'll, Tavon Austin makes the final fifty-three. Oh, there we go. Put it down. Now, You're here, taking the bet. I'm taking the bet. Of course, I don't think he will, and here's why. There's an important dynamic to kick returner is on everybody's lips. Like they is go, hey, here? yes, they go. Listen, this is the the kick returner position, the returner position as a whole, punt return, kick return. It's on everybody's lips is in terms of something that will matter when camp kind of resolves itself. But there's a dynamic there, right? Kick returner, punt returner. They all of ours are wide receivers. By the way, all of them are wide receivers right now. They've everybody jockeying they've carried for the job. Seven receivers. They only dressed six. They only correct? dressed six. But they carried seven on the fifty-three. Oh, sh- sure. They had seven on fifty-three. The forty-eight game, the forty, uh, the game day forty-eight roster did not Your have seven. Game day forty-eight will never have six. Yeah, never have seven. Never have seven. But it will never. But they did carry seven receivers last year, right? Yes. You're At fucked. points. You're fucked. Tavon Austin's making the team. Okay. I'll, I'll drink my secret. Kumaro is, is number five. Well, so let me run down some scenarios for you because this is why I think this battle is here. six. Well, here Tavon we go. Austin, seven. Let me, ask you, let me start this with a question. The team isn't divesting itself of Khalil Shakir. No. He won't be cut. No. Okay. So now there's four scenarios. McKenzie wins the return job. Nope. Okay. Next. That gives them two open spots. I, I love Next this. scenario. All right. Austin yep. wins the return That's job. the one I wanted you to get to. Yep, that's the one. This means that they're now allocating five spots to the roster of wide receiver because they're not going to cut McKenzie. And Shakir's probably your, your seventh guy that's not going to be... So this dressing. is it. So Shakir and Jake Kumaro are kind of flip-flopping for who dresses and who nope, doesn't. No, Kumaro dresses. It'll be Shakir, and if unless unless Tavon Austin or uh, Isaiah McKenzie vomits on on themselves and like they just don't belong, or they McKenzie puts the ball on the turf a whole bunch, um, then Shakir has fumbled via and he's gotten, gravity and he's before. gotten in the doghouse with McDermott. So well, Shakir could teams well, have proven that they can target him. That is your seven. Fumble. I am going to win this bet. Okay, Tavon Austin's going to make the fifty three man roster, and you're going to owe me. You know what? I'd like to amend this bet. Oh God! No, no, hang on. Wait a second. To what? I don't know. I just I I want to watch Drew Andrew do something. Okay. <laughs> I, I want this to be a show. So let me run down some more scenarios oh, sure. Go for you. I've yeah, got please. more. Shakir wins the return job. Tavon Austin still makes the team, so sure. Let me go. Yeah. Now you've got five spots in the wide receiver depth chart already accounted for. Mm-hmm. That last one, it's a fight between Touchdown Jesus, Hodgins, Stevenson, and There Austin. is no fight between ch- Touchdown D- Jesus is the He's on the fifth team. lock. He's on He's the, the team. He's the fifth lock. There's two positions at stake with four players. Yeah. It's Tavon Austin, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, and Shakir. How about this? Can I offer this? Sure. For the both of you? Yeah. You guys offer up... Your fifty-three man wide receiver 
room, the, the ones that are going to be on the game day roster, and you have to drink a Seagram's for which ones you get wrong. All right. And not only that, but we that. have to do it throughout in the our season. underwear in the snow. I don't care when it's dude. I've done a, I've done polar plunges in my speedo. I am not a. You think cold I'm guy. scared of cold? All right, fine. what? Boo! Yeah, fine. You know what? You're then? not scaring me. You know what? No. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do then. I want something worse, Chris. What's what? What would Andrew hate? Nothing, because I'll go to the. I, I will go to hell. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. Um, the God hundred chin up challenge. No. Because Nate can't do one. No, he can't do one chin up. I, I mean, I'm real. Con- I, I'm one of those guys that's real confident in us being a part of the Super Bowl this year. So I would say something of when the Bills win the Super Bowl, the podcast that we do to celebrate. Drew can only drink Seagrams. <laughs> That's dirty pool, but oh. you know what? You yeah, know but what? you know what? Like that's I that, like that's, that. That's got way too much writing on it. Like I need. I, I love that, by the way. I, I do love that idea. Um, I, I I need I need something that I know Drew hates, and he doesn't know I hate Seagrams. But I I need you. To, I need something that you hate more than Seagrams, so that while you are drinking the Seagrams, you're thinking about doing Ar- something you hate more. Arby's black licorice. Yeah, Arby's. Little Caesars. What about specifically about Arby's? Do you hate? It's fake roast beef. Okay, but so you, it's the roast beef, and there's nothing else that disgusts you about it. It's just the roast. Well, beef. it's all processed. The buns are fake. They're they're weird. <laughs> they don't feel like a real Costanzo's roll. Like there's nothing. There's nothing about this thing that feels like okay. a real sandwich. So, what we're going to do if Tavon Austin makes the 53 man roster, we will. Dump the peach clip, uh, the peach uh, Bellini, one peach, no, two peach Bellinis into a Tupperware container and dump two original roast beef sandwich innards into it and soak it for a night. And then the next day you have to drink out of the thing, even even if the roast beef is congealed. Eat the sandwich. I'll do that. I'll eat the fucking sandwich. No, no, no. Oh, and just wow. So you take out the roast beef and put it back on the sandwich roll and then you drink the, then you drink the, I, that's how. That's how. I don't think Tavon Austin makes well, okay, this well, roster. Okay. Well, I. That was. That was absurd. What we just came up with. Okay. What. What am I, What's going to happen to me? You want to hear absurd? Listen to what happens if Stevenson somehow fucking comes through in Herculean fashion and okay. wins the job. It's where shit gets wild. If he makes it, we still keep Shakir. We're not cutting him. Yeah. That. That would make sense. So yeah. all of a sudden, Kumaro. Hodgins and Austin are all kind of like jockeying for one job. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's a weird outlier, <laughs> and that would be the worst case scenario because it means our wide receiver group consists of a five foot nine guy, a five foot eight guy, three guys at six foot, and one guy at six foot three. It turns out mathematically, the Bills are the smallest wide receiver core in the entire AFC East. If Tavon Austin makes the team, or if Stevenson makes the team, uh, Stevenson. Well, Tavon Austin, what if if Stevenson doesn't, then Shakir and... No, if he wins it and Austin is just off the team. But Austin's like 5'6". I know, but it turns out that if he does it, based on the numbers and the way it stacks up, we'd have the smallest wide receiver core in the AFC. (laughs) Or one of them. 
We only have one guy over Isn't it six funny? Two. They were the biggest wide receiver core Josh Allen's for, uh, rookie season with Andre Holmes and Calvin Benjamin, and now... I love the fact that Calvin Benjamin was in on this fucking team. I love that Andre Holmes was on this team. Andre Holmes. I remember when we thought that that... Chris, do you remember praising that selection? We were like, oh, free Stay agency out of the Raiders. He was great. Soak on Arby's in Seagram's 24 hours eat said sandwich <laughs> yes. is what it says on the board. That is such an intricate <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> we've already kind of landed on where you think we're going to fall. We know that, yeah. We know where I'm, where I'm leaning. During training camp, what can our listeners be looking forward to in training camp in terms of the return battle? Because that's obviously a big piece of this. I mean, no one wants to see the playoffs roll around and Micah Hyde's back there. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Who do you hope wins it? Like, Who do I hope wins it? Tavon Austin. Okay, so you think Tavon Austin has more to give than anybody else in the room? I do. I think he and Shakir won two. Okay. And I think you might see Austin returning punts and Shakir returning kickoffs at first. Um, or Taiwan Jones returning kickoffs if he's going to be the guy that makes the team. But I think uh, that's why I think Tavon Austin's your your punt returner, your primary punt returner. Ooh, God, this is getting wild. What, what, what else do you guys? Wait, I can't wait till two years down the line. You guys play this after Tavon Austin, you know, runs a slips on a mat heading out to <laughs> St. John Fisher Field and has to retire. And you know, we we play this we play this sound sound bite back. It'll be great. Veteran editions. I can't believe you. I set my my own ass self up by saying yeah, you did. Isaiah Hodgins. You're like, oh, speaking of Hodgins, Speaking you like did I just walked it. It myself about, right no, into it. No idea. In, we had it set up for later in the show, yeah. and you walked head first into that. <laughs> I couldn't have framed it better. That's yeah, professional radio. This is how, right this now. is why I don't have to prep you with things. You're just a professional yeah, radio. You guy. already know your own failure. <laughs> That's right. I know my own failures beforehand. And I, I and I predict and project how you guys are going to try to just fuck me in front of my in front of my the very good people that enjoy listening to me. Veteran edition during minicamp or training camp or whatever the fuck this is. We've had whiskey. God, this blue note is it's de- good. Chris, it's derailed this podcast. I know derivative. Don't touch it. I've only made one drink with it. Yeah, it's wild. It's very good. And you can't get it around here, so. Yeah, and it's also crucifying he and I. I yeah. can tell. He's he's kind of in the bag. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm going to pour a little bit of this. Uh, yeah, that's the way to not be drunk is to West drink lower proof whiskey. Well, isn't it? Like, when, you're, when, you're, when you're pouring double shots, I mean, that's. Yeah. You just swing lower. Did you hear that pour? Jeez. Veteran additions mid camp. If there was veterans out there, like obviously every team does it, everyone still has a little bit of cap space. Like Julio around. Jones or something. And yeah, and it's like a it's like a poker match. You're sitting around going, "All right, well, who's I think they had what? those though." And the agents are going, Greg Van Rotten, Tavon Austin. I think those happened in minicamp. I'm, I'm, unless there's a unless Gabe Davis goes down with an injury, then they go out and so sign. So this, this is my Julio question Jones. to you: Do you believe that the team will stand pat? With the roster they As have. As it stands right now without injuries? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that they... So they prioritize that cap space so they can roll over to next year. It's not much, but yeah. But they want that. Yeah. Well, because they're smart. If they, if, they, if they really wanted to, they would... 
re-sign Dawson Knox right now, convert a well, bunch of that stuff this year and push, you know, but there's not a lot to push to next year. So, so let's talk about that though. Here's a dynamic. I have it saved in my notes. I was going to bring it up during a later show with you, but, but here we are. Here we are today. Might as well fucking burn it. So as I'm going through this and I'm looking at camp storylines, I'm looking at Dawson Knox mm-hmm. and I say to myself, okay, the 2023 UFA class, multiple tag players this year at tight end. end did not sign. So Mike Kosicki is going to be out there. Yep. Uh, who is the guy from Dallas? Uh, Dustin, uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. He's going to hit the free agent market. Yep, these he's are gonna make you make wouldn't things. tag them if they're not premier players in the NFL. Well, you tag them because the tight end tag is cheap. True, true. That that's and also you're, a good you're point. giving them less than what they're probably going to make in the open market. Yes. So now there's a point though that came up while I was driving around. I, I was listening to ESPN radio and they were talking Major League Baseball, which I hate. I okay. hate baseball yeah. as a sport. I think it's boring at the major leagues on TV. I'll go to a ballpark, I'll watch it, but in on TV it's unwatchable. They made this point about pitching. They said young pitchers coming out right now. The analyst said, I've talked to multiple early collegiate signings. I've talked to high schoolers. They all say it's about gas. It doesn't matter about what command you have. It doesn't matter about what off-speed pitches you can throw. It's about how fast can you throw, and that's what gets you to the next level. And then how fast you throw at that level gets you to the next level. They said MLB franchises are prioritizing speed. How hard can you throw the ball? Can you throw a 98 mile an hour? Well, guess what? You move up. Can you throw a change up? It doesn't fucking matter because you can throw that 94 miles an hour. The trickle down of that effect is that there is really shitty major league baseball pitching that's resulting in teams having to swap guys out after an inning or two Mm -hmm. because all they can do is throw hard. They don't have any change ups. They don't have any... There, there's no tactical pitching mm-hmm. going on. Tight end is kind of the same way in the NFL. In college, like everyone who's getting paid is a pass catching tight end. So yeah, now blocking tight ends don't exist. Anymore. Blocking tight ends Lee don't Smith, exist. Baby. This is my point. So does that make finding another Knox easier? Because they're all the guys who can catch the ball. They're out there. They're always going to be available yeah, but in the draft. Here's what I'll say. Two, there's three tier one tight ends, three or four tier two, four or five tier three, and then it just drops off a cliff. Okay. Knox saw the fifth most run play snaps of any tight end last season. Mm-hmm. The fifth most. Graded. Because they almost only ran exclusively out of when they had a tight end on the field. Yes. Graded notably worse as a run blocker than anybody else making top dollar. Yeah. That's Kittle, Schultz, I'm not paying him to be Njoku, a run blocker. Andrews, not Jonu Smith. Somehow Jonu Smith. But Njoku. Somehow Jonu Smith finished worse than Dawson Knox in run blocking, but he made $13 million last year. Wait, so <laughs> you, you, you said David Njoku finished worse? Oh, no, finish better. Finish better. Um, yeah, but you got to figure, too, David Njoku is playing on the field with another tight end in a lot of those situations, too. I understand this. So my, I, guess, I guess my point is, though, is that, like, 
pass-catching tight ends, that's where everything's going. Yeah. Everything's being funneled. Michael Mayer, by the way. Get used to the name. Gesicki. Michael Mayer. Well, this is it. He's going... And and by the way... Who does he play for? The University of Notre Dame. Um, Of course. But the player you guys should be talking about the tight end position is not Dawson Knox. It's Cole Komet. Okay. Notre Damer, by the way. Okay. Notre Dame is T-E-U, by the way. But this is my Tight point. end U. This is my Kyle point. Rudolph. No, no. We talked about it the other day. Uh, Chris, remember when I said uh, the only thing that this draft was missing? Was a Notre Dame tight end? Was a Notre Dame tight end that would disappoint everybody eventually. No, who, no Notre Dame <laughs> tight ends disappoint. <laughs> We're about to see the emergence of Cole Komet. We already, we, we've seen Kyle, uh, Kyle Rudolph have a great career. I'm just um, trying to set you off, brother. I'm just trying to agitate you. Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble in the league. He's going to be the number number one, number two tight end in Carolina. He's going to be catching passes from Baker Mayfield. Where's number 24th tight end position? You tell me who's wrong. You're wrong. All right. Go ahead. Notre Dame tight ends. Tight end you. So my point is, when you look at this and you go, okay, tight ends. <laughs> Browns fans, by the way. Big mad. Big mad at me. Oh, yeah. No, right now. Wait, wait. You piss off them and Dolphins fans? How many other clicks are you going to get angry with you? I guess the thing is, I look at this and I say, okay, Knox. Knox, not a great run blocker, good pass catcher, but that seems to be what college is producing. How badly does the team, like, what does he need to show this year that the team needs to retain him? I think it's Pre-season, less about what he shows and more no, no, about what he asks he, well, for. Well, How much money is, is he making? This is going to be my question. During the offseason, now is the time. If you're going to try to capitalize on this, with all these guys hitting the market. With I wouldn't, all these I wouldn't sign ends. if I was Dawson Knox right now. If I were the Bills, I'd want to sign Dawson Knox right now. Yes. But if I was Dawson Knox, I'd say no way. Okay, so Dawson Knox wants to hit this season he's, and show he what he He should see the third most targets on this team. Is that a fact? Okay. I, I think, yeah. All right. Well, I I'll, think he should. And if he sees the third most targets on this team this year, he's going to be a 14, 15, 16 million dollar a year player. Chris, that's a tough pill to swallow. It is. Okay, Dawson Knox or Gabriel Davis. If you had if you could only choose one, who would you choose? To re-sign? Probably Dawson Knox. Me too. And that's not a shot at Gabe Davis. It is just I can go I think it's get easier to find Gabe Davis. Yes, in it the is. Draft. And they and Gabe those Gabe Davises can play right away. It takes a, a couple years for tight ends. We still haven't seen the Noah Fant like emergence, right? He's still 24 years old. Like he, at some point, he'll pop off and be a great tight end. T.J. Hawkinson's really starting to hit a stride in the league, right? You see these guys in the tight end position taking three, four years to really pop off. Dawson Knox could this could be the year for him in year four. All right, well. That actually gives us all something to chew on. I'm going to be looking to see how he looks at, like how he looks now in camp. Now you've convinced me that I need to pay attention to Dawson Knox, which Chris, don't we have a Seagram's bet? Perpetually. Yeah, we do. This is a uh, career Seagram's bet here, Nate. Right on the board. Dawson Knox, hero and zeros. Anytime he is the hero of the game as done by drew Mm -hmm. drew has to drink his seagrams anytime he is a zero of the game i have to drink his seagrams and that goes for his entire career as a bill there's going to be some seagrams drank by you guys i I think we've only done two or three so far maybe so far okay so the whole question was veteran additions who do you think the bills might add or could add you just think they won't you just genuinely believe they'll stand pat at what position 
Any position. I, I Just with the cap space that they have, they're going to stand pat. Do you want Julio? See, that's but that, that's just a luxury pick. That's not me talking like they need Julio Jones. I just would love Julio Jones. My thing is, I keep seeing tweets about us getting uh, Joe Hayden because Bills players are trying to recruit him. I'd prefer an AJ Bouye. Yes, yeah, he's, he's a little younger, little younger, not as many miles. But Joe Hayden can walk in and play the zone defense like it's. And listen, Joe Hayden's <laughs> Barstool Sportsbook just tweeted out. Picture of, uh, oh, what is it, Defender or whatever his name is from the boys? Uh, franchise? Uh, oh, what is he? What's he talking about? Let's yeah. See, the boys. You should probably wrap this up. Yeah, seriously. You're You've, real. You are, you're, 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 you're bourbon curtailing right now. Yeah. And you are you, spiraling into a bourbon zone. Yeah. Nope. I just saw, what is it? Not Soldier, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy? I know Soldier Boy. Oh, my God. Heard about it. That's a song. Heard, heard about it. No, Soldier Boy is the artist. Okay. It's a, Kyler Murray getting, it's a thing where he just did something terrible and then everyone applauds for him and he's just surprised by it. So he smiles and laughs and just goes, oh, hey, this is happening. Cool. And they said they equated that to Kyler Murray signing his $230 million contract. They're just like, deal. hey, when you suck and then everyone applauds you, you go, wait, hey, this is happening. All right, great. Wonderful. Let's capitalize on this. All right. So to close the show. Nate Geary Holding Clinic. It's about to happen at training camp in front of a bunch of Can't unsuspecting wait. people who won't know Saturday, what's going on. Victims. Saturday, July 30th. July 30th. So when this happens, you need to run this down for us. What's your walkout? What's your what's your mindset as you're coming out to the field? Uh, I just I just gotta channel channel every uh, just it's natural. It's instinct for me. College. I'm Nate. a born holder. Like, I, I can't wait. But the thing that I can't wait to do is actually impress them. Like, not only am I going to get this hold down in time and I'm going to catch it and get it down, but I'm spinning the laces out and getting my hand out of the way. Boom. And, I, and I'm going to hold it in position as he nails the field goal. I'm just going to look up, going to pound bass. <laughs> That's just funny to say. I want to pound bass. <laughs> Chest bump. I'm gonna I'm gonna pound bass and I'm gonna walk off the field and if that crowd doesn't give me a standing O, they don't and that's fine. It's it's not it's not up to me. It's up to them if they want to give me. a I don't know if you know this, but Reed has like a handshake with everybody. He does. So you might Sunday you might have to develop a handshake with Reed for the. We might have to, yeah, for getting the field goal correct. Yeah, we might have to. Yeah. I, I'm super excited for it. Saturday, July 30th. I have not held since the sophomore year of college, which would have been... Four years ago. <laughs> uh, it would have been 11, 11 years ago. So it's the last time I held a football. I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm not even worried about I it. I got faith in you. Guys, make sure you come up to training camp. Show some love for Nate Geary. Bring some signs. You know, we'll encourage you over the course of the coming week on, like, hey, listen, we'll, we'll all get out there. We'll all make this happen. We'll make it an event. It'll be fun. Nate, if you botch this, how devastated will you be? Well, how much are you going to blame on Reed? That's a question. If you really, blame the snapper, I think if, though. If Reed puts it on the money. He will. He's a pro. I'm not worried about it. 
Whoa. I'm more worried about whether or not Bass is going to miss the kick. And I'm going to oh! ask, ask Bass beforehand, you know, wh- how do you like it? Do you and maybe maybe we'll take a couple of fake ones just so that he's like, yeah, I like it a little bit tilted back. I like it. Some some guys like it a little tilted forward. I want to make sure that I'm giving him Look at a, this. a good he knows feel. The nuances. Uh, I want to give I want to give Bass a good feel. Christ. All right, guys. The 30th, it's going to happen. Nate Geary, long snapping challenge. I can't wait. But for tonight, we got to get the hell out of here because this burden is strong. I'm Drew Geary. That's Chris Kruger. That's Nate Geary. And this has been your Rock Report.